Thank you for joining Healthy Mind, Healthy Body. If you are joining me for the first time, my name is Allison Ralston, physician assistant and brain health coach. Last podcast, we discussed being battle ready. Today, we're going to discuss the weapon called love. Love is a powerful emotion that can bring healing to others and to ourselves. Doug Addison said this, Love truly is the key, the secret, and the answer to the pain in the world today. Learning to love ourselves is very important as well. As Christians, we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. The Lord told me years ago that you truly can't love your neighbor until you love yourself. You can't even love God until you embrace his love for you. God's love is so deep and so rich that many can't comprehend it. It seems like foolishness. Why would God come in human form and die for me? The answer is really a simple one. It's love. God wishes that no one should perish but have eternal life. Eternity is in each one of us. Unfortunately, sin took us out of an intimate relationship with God. It all started with a lie. Satan told Eve that if she ate from the tree of knowledge, that she would be like God. There is the lie. She was already like God. Here started our battle with evil, and I find it interesting that it involved eating. We were born into a battle. At our very conception, the enemy started to devise his plan for destruction. Why? Simply because you and I were created in the image of God with the potential to overthrow the kingdom of darkness. When your spirit connects to the spirit of God through the Holy Spirit, you become a weapon for the kingdom of light. We, of course, connect to the kingdom of light by accepting the light of the world, Jesus Christ, our Savior. As born-again believers, we have been given authority to overcome all the works of the devil. It is in communion with the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and growing in maturity that the Father can trust us with more of his authority. Satan's primary target is our relationship with God and our identity in Christ. He is also after our love walk. He wants us hurt and mad with people because people united in love are powerful. We see his hand at work today with all the fighting and hateful words being spoken. He loves division among people. Our fight is not against people, but against Satan and his demons. As children of God, we are called to release him, release his love to a broken, dark world. We are called to bring light to the darkness, which includes casting out demons, healing the sick, and raising the dead. Why is the church not walking in this mandate? Put simply, unbelief. The church looks like the world. We are anxious, fearful, sick, depressed, addicted, stressed, and judgmental of others. We do not honor our brothers and sisters and are focused on worldly things, or we are what called what James says and what calls double-minded. Anything we focus on more than Jesus is an idol, or you could say a stronghold 
that must be broken down. An idol can be food, people, sex, people-pleasing, negativity, our job, ministry, exercise, health, television, video games, or even ourselves. Unbelief is the primary entry point for the devil. We don't take God at his word. We don't pray or fast, and worse yet, many don't even believe there's a devil. The reason evil is progressing is because the body of Christ has not, as because of body of Christ, we have not taken our place as a children of God. We have downgraded grace to stay stuck in habitual sin. We are complacent in our walk with God and are more worried about ourselves than those perishing around us. We say things like, God knows my heart as an excuse to stay in sin. Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. And he gives us power to overcome sin. Sin should not have dominion over us. It is time to get battle ready. God needs his army to be strong in mind, body, and spirit. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The enemy wants you sick. He wants you stressed. He wants you ineffective in the kingdom of God. He wants to steal your peace, your joy. He wants us, God wants us whole, walking in all that he has given us. He wants a body that can carry the fullness of his presence to a hurt, sick, and dying world. He wants a people who are emotionally stable, not wavering in the storms of life, but who have their mind and their heart fixed or steadfast on things above. Now we are told that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The enemy attacks us in these three areas. Righteousness is our identity in Christ. Jesus is our peace in whom we find rest for our soul. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. To be effective in the kingdom, we must know who we are in Christ, have peace in our inner man as we walk in peace with others, and have have and express the joy of the Lord. The lack of inner peace, I believe, is at the root of our emotional, spiritual, and physical problems. We seek to obtain peace from things that are only temporary fixes. Food and drink is just one area, but I do believe it is probably the one most used by the body of Christ. We involve, we are involved in so many of our functions. We, we, I'm sorry, excuse me. We involve so many of our functions around food, and most of it is not healthy. First Timothy four four says that everything God created is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. The key word in this passage is everything God created is good. It doesn't say that everything man created is good. So much of what we eat today is processed, full of preservatives. Studies have confirmed that our American standard diet is is causing illness and that more than 87% of illness is stress-related. Overeating is a spiritual problem rooted in unhealthy emotions. Overeating is an attempt to silence the inner man with food that does not satisfy but leaves empty. 
The food that satisfies is the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh, the bread of life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. The Bible says that by not discerning the body of Christ, that many have fallen sick. That's 1 Corinthians 11, 29 through 31. I believe that not discerning the body of Christ involves three principles. Not spending time in meditation. Not spending time meditating on the Word and what Jesus actually did for us at the cross. Not partaking in the Holy Communion, the bread and the wine. And not honoring our brothers and sisters. It is in communion with Jesus that we are healed, find rest for our soul, and receive the confidence to move in the fullness of what He has for us. In communion with Him, a divine exchange happens if we will listen to His voice, agree with Him, and obey what He says. The healing of my food addiction did not come by disciplining myself or punishing myself, for, but gradually declined as I, as I grew in my knowledge of the love of Christ and I knew, grew in the love that he had for me. Because I knew he loved me and would never forsake me, I could trust and obey him. His love led me to repentance. Repentance is changing your mind for the better. Every time you and I believe right, we are repenting. Repenting is a process of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. God wants a people who can carry His presence. In order to walk in this fullness, we need not to have anything in common with the enemy. This is our spiritual journey. God is calling us deeper into His love, into a deeper revelation of who He is. This requires letting go of some old ways of thinking. Now let's talk more about how we fight the battle. Doug Addison said it best in his October 18th blog entitled, This is your time to step up and not step down. He said this, People are not our enemy. Satan and his demons are. However, if you try and fight the enemy with the same spirit the of the enemy is operating in, you will get knocked out. He goes on to say that if we have anything in common with the enemy, then things can backfire on us. Doug went on to say Jesus had nothing in common with the enemy. We lose our authority in prayer if we harbor things like soul wounds, past hurts, unforgiveness, and bitterness. Allowing God to heal us of these things allows us to take authority over them. Doug says to give the enemy a black eye is to do what Jesus said. Luke 6.42 says, How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your, your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's time for us to ask God to search our hearts and quit looking at what's wrong with our neighbor. Our weapons are not weapons of this world, but they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Lord has shown me weapons that we can use to remain at rest. The first one's worship, then prayer, meditation, identity, and His Word. These really are not meant to be any particular order, but they are a process that we can stay in rest or stay at peace. Peace is so important 
Peace is power. And when we remain in peace or rest, the enemy knows he is defeated. Eternal peace is the key to physical health as well. As you may remember, Paul said that he prayed that we would be in health as our soul prospers. As I begin to look at these uh, tools or weapons that we can use to remain at rest, I realize that all of them really are birthed out of love. Let's look at worship first. Worship is the acknowledgement of the creator of the universe as our source of life, praising him for his goodness and getting our eyes off ourselves. It is in worship that our chains or the bondages that we hold us down are broken. In Acts 16, verses 25 through 26, we see that the power of prayer and worship at work. Paul and Silas were in jail praying and singing hymns to God. All of a sudden, an earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. The jail doors blew open and everyone's chains came loose. When we pray and worship, foundations of evil are shaken. And not only are we set free, but others are set free as well. This is why Satan doesn't want you praying or worshiping. It is a powerful weapon. The Israelites won many battles, never lifting a weapon. The worshipers went out to battle first. And the battle was won, with no one lifting a single physical weapon. Meditation. Meditation is a process of renewing our mind with the Word of God and setting our mind on things above. A mind fixed on Jesus will remain at perfect peace. A mind determined to think kingdom thoughts will no longer be double-minded. Being double-minded is simply a mind that wavers or vacillates from one thought to the next. We must set our mind on the kingdom of God. Right believing will bring about right living. Prayer. Prayer is engaging our Lord Jesus in conversation. It is seeking to know Him and His ways. It is in this time of intimacy with Him that we are transformed from the inside out. Identity in Christ and declaring the word of God are keys to living a victorious life. We must know what God says about us in order to overcome every lie of the enemy. Believing and confessing God's word will bring such peace and joy. His words are spirit and life. I encourage you to study this scripture in Philippians 4, 6-9. through 9. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of the soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being confident with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and account on these things. Fix your mind on them. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it, and God's peace 
of untroubled and undisturbed well-being will be with you. Through prayer, petition, thanksgiving, and thinking, kingdom thoughts, the peace of God shall garrison about God over your heart and my heart and mind. In other words, he fights and protects us. Friends, it's time to get battle ready. Again, as I went through all this uh, with you this morning, I want to go back to what we started out with. The key really is love. Without love, all of these things are, are meaningless. Love is the key to health and to wholeness, and it is our greatest weapon to use against the enemy. Jesus gave us a new command. He said, I command you to this day to love one another as I have loved you. Since it was Valentine's Day this last week, I looked at 1 Corinthians 13, and I really love verses 4 through 7. Love is described very well in this chapter, particularly in the Passion Translation. Let me read it to you. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievement or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing in the best of others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. The Bible tells us that God is love. So 1 Corinthians 13 shows us the nature of God. When we receive the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus, we receive the nature of God that is expressed through the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 5, 22 through 23 in the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. I also like how the Amplified Version expresses the last verse. It says this, Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Who brings charges against God's people? The accuser of the brethren. Satan. If we are walking in love, then Satan cannot bring any charges against us. The love of God will surround us as a shield. Psalms 144.2 says, He's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith. He wraps himself around me as a secure shield. I hide myself in this one who subdues, I hide myself in this one who subdues enemies before me. Love is our greatest weapon. Love opens the door to health and wholeness, not only for ourselves, but others. 
1 Corinthians tells us that without love, our actions and words are meaningless. Our goal, I believe, in this journey of life is to learn to love. Love God, ourselves, and others. Faith and hope are the key factors, but love trumps them all. The Lord showed me something very interesting about uh, being whole. Uh, I want to share it with you before we close. Psalms 19, verses 7 and 8, and uh, as well as 9, are very powerful. It says this, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. Now, the law here is not the Ten Commandments. It is what Christ gave us in the New Testament, what I shared with you already. It says, Jesus said, I command you this day. I give you a new command this day, he said, to love one another as I have loved you. So we're seeing that this love, that the perfect love of God, restores the whole person. When we talk, talk about being whole, that's health. That's emotional. That's emotional, spiritual, physical health. It's being whole in mind, body, and spirit. That is what the love of the Lord and loving others does for us. Verse 8 goes on to say, The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord is the commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. Again, here, enlightening the eyes. We're seeing that the ways of the Lord, the ways of love, you know, that that perfect love rejoices our heart. Enlightening the eyes is a symbolism of health. You see people, when they look healthy, their eyes are bright. They have a, a glow about them. So we're saying that the law of love, the ways of the Lord, are going to bring wholeness, and they're going to bring health to your body. Verse 9 says, The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinance of the love or Lord are true and righteous altogether. This reverential fear is talking about worship. It's talking about acknowledging Him as, as Lord, as Creator of the heavens and the earth, acknowledging that He, he loved us so that He sent His Son. That is what you know brings the spiritual health or the prospering soul that we've been talking about. So I'll leave you with that. You know, I've talked about so many things I know in this uh, podcast, but it really boils down to something very simple. It's love. Love is the key to bringing healing to a hurting world. It first starts with us learning to love ourselves and who God created us to be. And as we do that, we allow Him to heal our heart and show us who we are. Then we will bring living water to the nations. We will bring the true nature of God, His love, His forgiveness, His grace that's provided through Jesus Christ through a hurting world. So I pray that you will understand that love, that you will understand the power of the love of God. I want to leave you with... Uh, an example of how you can you can pray. We can look at Colossians, and of course, I love the Passion translation. Um, it just brings such a, a beauty and a, a richness to the Word of God. But one of the ways that I like to pray is to take God's Word and to make it into a prayer for myself. And I want to leave you with that prayer. So it's from Colossians one. 
verses 9 through 11. Father, I pray that we would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over our lives, making us reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing you in every good thing we do, so that we will become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to your life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing you and your fullness. May we be energized with all of your explosive power from the realm of your magnificent glory, filling us with great hope. Amen. I pray that you be blessed today. I pray that this will uh, bring healing to you, those who are hurting, those who may have lost hope. Friends, Christ is the way. He is the truth, the life, and the hope. He is the way. He will not turn away a bruised reed. He wants to show you his love. He wants to show you who you've been created to be. He wants to silence the voice of the enemy of your life who only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That wants you to, to believe that God is not for you, that he's angry, that he's causing these problems. Friends, God's not causing the problems, but he is the solution to the problems.